You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode 124. Hey, I don't know about you, but I find a lot of creative entrepreneurs sometimes feel guilty around success and they hate the word success. They don't associate themselves as being successful. And I know there's a lot of things in our upbringings and I know a lot of creative entrepreneurs, sometimes we can feel ashamed of using that word or even acknowledging that we are successful because success has, it does have so many dirty feelings around it. It's like, you know, if someone's successful, maybe they stepped on someone else or maybe they're not happy or maybe, you know, there's so many different little things inside of that. So I'm excited today to actually chat with Jewel from South Australia. She's a wedding photographer. She's been a wedding photographer for actually 14 years. So she knows a few things about failure and success as you would if you've been in business for that long. So I'm having a chat with her today to bring you a few different ways of thinking about success and why it's important to actually treat yourself as successful if that's how things are panning out for you, you know, because we put so much time and attention into the things that don't work out. We always talk about the things that don't work out. We get into Facebook groups and we share what hasn't worked or we just lost another client or there's another lockdown or, you know, whatever it is. And we forget that we need to share our actual wins, and we need to share those things that we work so damn hard for. So I'm excited for today's episode. I know you're going to get a lot from today, and I know you're going to shift your mindset, and you're going to think a little bit differently around what success means to you, perhaps. I hope so. I also talk about, especially at the end, we talk about failure. And I think failure is one thing that a lot of us, we put too much emphasis on, and we we put so much weight on it. We don't want to fail. And I kind of dive into why I believe that you can't actually fail. And she gives us uh, her insight as well into like why like failure doesn't exist if you don't give up, if you realize that life is a continuum and things keep moving forward. So really interesting chat. Now, before we get into it, I know I've said this a few times before, but the Wedding Photography Summit 2021 in November, 22nd, 23rd of November is coming up. I want you to join that wait list. Seriously, get over to weddingphotographysummit.com, join that wait list. That's where you're going to be able to get front row seats before they sell out, before they go to on sale to the public. And I've got some other bonuses that you really want as well. Now, The tickets are $7. We have VIP and we have front row seats. So we've got a couple of different tiers of tickets. We've got some amazing speakers this year and you're going to want to see that lineup. And again, if you're on the wait list, you're going to see the lineup before everybody else. And yeah, that's all I've got to say on that one. We're working very hard on it right now. So that's why I'm mentioning it. Sorry, sometimes I'm slurring my words because I'm right now I'm halfway between projects. I'm running out the door to start working on some stuff for the summit. Yes, it's weeks and weeks and weeks away, but trust me when I say there is so much work that goes into a project like this. And if you've done something like this before, you would understand what I'm saying. It is absolutely crazy. So head over to weddingphotographysummit.com, put in your deets, promise I won't spam you. You're going to get first dibs on everything. Promise it's definitely 100% worth it. And I can't wait to celebrate with you another year of ups and downs and crazy upside downs and all the things that we've gone through in 2021, trying to navigate our way through some sort of normality with our businesses. And we have made it once again, thriving like we are 
always thriving no matter what. And um, yeah, I think it's time to celebrate. So without further ado, let's jump in and uh, meet Jewel. Hey, so I'm here with Jewel. Jewel's got lots of energy. She just joined the Six Figure Business Map and... I think everybody put their hand up to get Jewel onto the podcast so she can share some light with everybody. And I'm excited to talk to Jewel today. And we're talking about success and what that looks like for all of us as individuals and how it's so different for so many of us. And to be honest, not many of us actually ever think about our own success and what that actually looks like for us. So we're going to talk about all that and a few practical things that we can think about when we're thinking about our own success as well. So Jill, how are you? Could you please introduce yourself so we know a little bit about you? Jai, I'm so stoked to be here. Happy birthday for last week, my friend. I'm, oh, thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. I'm sorry I missed out on the party. I was shooting a beautiful wedding. I'm Jewel Chenoweth. I reside in Adelaide, South Australia. I'm 33. I shot my first wedding 14 years ago, and it's been a journey of self-discovery, of passion, of failures and successes, and it's all led me into your business map here. So I'm really excited to chat to you today about success. Amazing. So 14 years, and because we're talking about success today, Do you feel like there's obviously been a lot of ups and downs over that period of time? Yes, absolutely. Yes. There have been rock bottoms. There have been massive successes that felt like I was on top of the world. I've wanted to throw in the towel a million times over. It's, it's all ebbs and flows. And I think that the way to get through all of those ebbs and flows is to just never give up, always keep learning and evolve, keep moving forward. What do you think has been your lowest point over the last 14 years? Uh, That'd have to be when I had my heart broken. My fiance left me two weeks before wedding season a couple of years ago, and I didn't have the same fire and light in my heart that I'd had for years. I didn't want to be at a wedding. I didn't want to photograph a wedding. I wanted nothing to do with the concept of love. I wanted to completely reject it and step away entirely. So that for me was a low point. And obviously having that within myself affected my output for my clients. It affected my client experience. It affected my work. So that's been probably one of my biggest lows. And that happened just prior to COVID. So it's like, wow, we're right here, ready to go, ready to break free, ready to evolve. Pivot is the the buzzword at the moment, but I like evolve better. (laughs) What did you learn from that experience? One of my biggest takeaways has actually been a level of intimacy that is within a partnership that we tend not to have as a single. So it's really taught me to step back and observe the levels of intimacy between my clients for what it is. So do less, say less, and just observe and step back and let them show me. Because previously I was a very prompt-driven photographer. I still love my candidates, but I'd always throw in a prompt here or there, whereas now I'm taking a step back and letting them show me their romance first and show me their intimacy Mm. first because it is so different for every couple. It's like a snowflake or a fingerprint. Do you think a situation like that where you've had to reassess and you think a little bit different and stuff, how did that look for your success? Like, Did you feel successful at the time when you're going through... Did you feel like you don't know how you could have got through it or how you're going to get through it at the time? Walk me through how you actually felt trying to get through and run your business at that time. 
Ooh, okay, well, yeah, two weeks out from wedding season, um, when your fiancé leaves you, you just have to stick your head down and trust that you know what to do. Trust that you've shot one or 1,000 weddings and just go in and, and give it your best. That was the immediate action. From there, I didn't feel successful. I had no direction. I didn't know if it was what I wanted to do. I had no creative input. I had no business mentor input. I had no mentors, no learning, and basically just shut myself off from everything. I shut down. So I think the turning point for me was last year in COVID was like, we've got this opportunity sitting right in front of us to evolve. Unlike anything I've ever experienced in my 14 years, it has been shaken up and tipped on its head, thrown around. We can now design whatever we want for the future. So now it feels like success. So it took you a little while to sort of get there, but then Mm. really like what actually changed for you? Like, so before it didn't feel like success, but then all of a sudden it was a switch that flicked, but was there anything that physical happened? Was there anything Mm. that, anything big that actually happened to you that made you think differently? Or did you sort of just reset your mindset? and approach things differently? I think the the catalyst for me was my friend asked me to be on his podcast about success. And I had photographed him and his partner from when they were dating, their actual proposal, the engagement photos, the marriage, the maternity and newborn. And then then I failed them from my client experience. And he had still asked me to be on his podcast about success. And it was that ruminating thought for weeks, if not months of, what is success? Am I successful? And what does success mean to me? And how do I achieve it if I don't know what it is? And have I felt it before? Why do you think most creative entrepreneurs often say they're not successful or they don't feel successful? I think because we, we grow up and seeing success as celebrity and money, but neither of those things really appeal to the majority of us. I think anyone that, that's had paparazzi follow them or, you know, like that, that just doesn't seem like I, something I want. I think we've got a skewed idea of success because of the Hollywood machine. I think success actually should come from sort of deep within your soul. It should be a place that you hold really close to your heart. Success to me is when you lay your head on the pillow at the end of the night and you can smile and say, I was kind today. I was a good person today. Do you think um, we just have our targets wrong? Like, do you think that we sort of, we're basing our success on other people's success maybe or what that Mm -hmm. definition is or looks like? So then it's hard for us to even compare in the realm of what that could be. Yeah, 100%. I think we we spend too long looking outwards and comparing ourselves to other people. And I think, you know, being on the gram and scrolling and every time you see someone that's achieving something, we instinctively and automatically go, oh, I'm not doing that. They're doing better than me. But you need to switch that off. If that's how you feel about that person's Instagram, unfollow them. That's not what you want. That's not the input you want. You want people that are, you know, celebrating their wins that are true to themselves so that you can find what's true to yourself. I think we need a lot of introspective, um, a lot of interlearning. What is success to us? I think with all the thousands of creative entrepreneurs and wedding photographers that I've worked with over the years, one thing I've noticed is whenever I talk about success, people always feel guilty, Mm. like talking about their own success or sharing a win or sharing what they've been up to. And I notice I see so much guilt come up. Do you think creative entrepreneurs tend to feel guilty or feel, you know, dirty or naughty around the word success and like maybe they don't deserve it? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I don't know. I don't know why we just are, are brought up that way. We're, we're brought up to think that being the successful person in the room is equally what we want, but then we don't want to be that person unless that person is doing good. Why do you think we don't want to be that person? I think the successful person was, was painted as the villain too many times. You know, that the successful person was the villain in all the movies, you know, the villain that lived on the top of the hill with the fancy car, you know, Cruella DeVille or, or whoever you want to picture, you know, mm-hmm. I think there was a dirty word to it. So do you think like the mainstream media has kind of painted that people that are successful, companies that are successful, they mm. might be doing something evil. They might be yeah. ripping people off. Maybe they're not happy. Mm. Maybe they're, you know, something else. Yeah. And it, it's bigger and it's outward. And I think that's not what success is. That that bigness and outwardness isn't true success. True success, as I mentioned, for me is something introspective. It's something within me. Um, only I can say that I'm I'm successful because they're my benchmarks. So with you feeling successful, and this is something that's really going to resonate with a lot of creative entrepreneurs right now. It's like, how did you get to a place where you realized what your definition of success was? Mentoring. A hundred percent. It was mentoring. I realized that the, the input had stopped. The learning had stopped, which was something that my pop said to me probably 12 or 13 years ago, never stop learning. And that had stopped for me. So it was taking on an art mentor. It was taking on a business mentor and getting that input again to reassess what it is that I want and where I want to go and what success means for me. Is success just a peaceful, happy life in the Adelaide Hills? Yeah, probably. Do I want a Maserati? No, not really. You know, do I want a house in Byron Bay to holiday to? No, not really. Um, so success is going to be different for everybody. And for me, it's actually, I just want to be the best person to photograph someone's wedding. And I want to be the person that's delivering the best client experience so that there's, you know, my mission is to multiply love through my art of photography. I love that. I've got a saying where, and I've noticed this over the years, where I believe that like happiness brings you success. Success Mm. doesn't bring you happiness. Would you agree with that statement? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. You can have all the money in the world. You can have the biggest house in the world. If you're sat in your house feeling miserable, that's not success. Mm. That's not success to me. Well, I guess the reason why I kind of like always say this as well is because so many people always I guess they think they're going to get some success when they get something monetary in front of them or they achieve some award or they achieve some mm-hmm. higher level. And what they don't realize is like a lot of the times when you're trying to go after success, you are looking more needy. You are a lot of the times like repelling the very thing that's going to get you success, right? But I've noticed like when someone's just super happy, they attract people into their world. They attract opportunities. They um, say yes to things that they should say yes to. And I've noticed that like that all my friends that have hit huge success and I thought they were going to get successful before they were throughout my life. They've always been like my happiest friends and then the success never changed them. So I think it's so interesting how that happiness does attract something into your life that others won't get because they're always looking for the reasons of why they weren't successful or they maybe they're more envious of other people's success. Maybe they're more jealous of other people. Maybe they feel scared or scarcity. There's like, you know, there's too much competition. There's too many people competing with me. There's someone trying to copy me. And so when you come from that place, it's pretty hard to be successful. 
Yeah, I think they're just looking in the wrong direction. They're not paying attention to what it really is. Money comes and goes. Like you've said a, a countless times, you've been broken, bankrupt, and you've had seven figures. You know, money comes and goes, but it's about, yeah, saying yes, being happy, being a good, kind person. And those things are going to naturally come to you because people will be drawn to you. If you're a good, kind, happy person, people want to be around you. They want to invite you into their new rooms. And that's where we want to be. I love that. So just going back to finding your own success, and maybe I'll just give you an example of what my definition of success is, and it's been for a long time. My definition of success is my willingness to do and fail. And so it sounds a little bit complicated, but it's easier than what you think. The willingness to do and fail means if I'm willing to do it and actually fail, that's success for me because I took the courage and I was able to do it, right? So a good example of that is if I ran a workshop and my willingness was to do the workshop, and then I didn't sell it out. Hey man, I'm still successful because I put myself out there and I did the workshop. Maybe people showed up and then they didn't love the workshop. That's fine because while everybody was sitting there judging my workshop, I was like, man, I put everything into this thing and I'm only going to get better. And so my willingness to be vulnerable in front of everybody is my definition of success. I actually took a chance on myself. So for me, the reason why that's my success is because I'm the most happy when I'm creating, when I know there's a huge chance that I might fail. And I know when I'm in that space, I'm doing the right thing. So whenever I'm doing the right thing like that, I feel tremendously successful. So for yourself, you were talking about your success before and how you had mentors help you trying to find your success. What is something like practical or like maybe even something for us to look out for when we're sort of trying to find our success um, so we can define what success is actually to us in our world? How it makes you feel. So when you reach out and shake someone's hand, when you're meeting them at a client meeting, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel happy and excited? And then why? Why does that make you happy? Because you know that you're the best person to serve them. You know that you're the person that's going to bring that well, for me, it's my warmth and my energy, and I'm going to deliver something to you that nobody else can. And I know that this product, this service that I can give to you is something that's going to be cherished for years. It's going to be something that your grandchildren look at and there's nostalgia and memory, and it's going to connect you all with your community. That for me will be my success. And so I think it's paying attention to those opportunities where when you meet someone and walk into a room, engage with them, look in their eyes. And if they've got that spark and that twinkle in their eye and a smile on their face, that's someone who you want to talk to and get to know them, listen to them and listen intently to them. Everyone's got a story to tell and everyone needs a space to speak and be seen and be heard. And if you give them that, that opportunity, doors will open for you. Do you think people will feel insecure if they don't know what their success is? Like, for instance, if they showed up in a car that's not as good as their neighbor's car, they'll feel insecure about the car instead of feeling secure because they know what their success is? Can I swear on the podcast? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, give less fucks. Give, give less fucks. Honestly, who cares? Like, I'm in my bedroom. I'm like, you've done podcasts from your car. Who cares? If you're showing up, you're showing up. You're getting vulnerable. You've got a smile on your face. That's all you need. Everything else is just, I mean, we don't, we don't really need it. You don't need a studio to be like doing a podcast in and you can do it in your bedroom. As long as you're here and you're showing up and you've got the right intentions, bingo. That's awesome. And it's easy to say that. And it's much harder to practice a lot of the times. Creative entrepreneurs, we're on a journey and we're all at different places. So sometimes we're just realizing that like what our own success is, mm. or we're realizing what our own superpower is, mm -hmm. or we might be feeling like we're failing right now because we didn't 
take a lot of action in 2020. Now we've got no leads in 2021. Like there's so many things playing on it. Mm. But I think just sort of recapping what we we're just talking about is like finding your own success. So you measure against yourself, not against other people is going to change the game. And it's going to make you feel very happy within opposed to trying to extrovert yourself out to the world to impress other people, I guess. That's right. And, and it's remembering that you are your superpower, not the car you drive or, you know, where you're podcasting from or, or whatever. You are the superpower. You are the 11 herbs and spices. You are the special secret source, right? So it's you showing up. It's the energy that you give yourself. And I think as like out to all of the creative entrepreneurs out there, I want you to give less bucks about the material stuff and just pay attention to yourself. When you wake up in the morning, how do you honor yourself? What mindset do you put yourself in when you first wake up? Are you honoring your body? Are you nourishing it? Are you nourishing your mind? Are you being kind to yourself? Do you think it also comes down to the room that you're in, the people you hang out with? Mm -hmm. Because I know throughout my life, there's been a lot of times when I've had not, yeah, I would say like the haters Mm -hmm. or the naysayers that try and sort of stop you in your tracks and they will slow down your stride and they'll mm-hmm. stop you from however and however that looks it, it's so different for all of us it could be our employer it could be our partner it could be our competition it could, it could be anyone but a lot of times there's someone out there trying to bring you down and do you think there's a way around navigating our input with what we listen to and who we listen to yeah turn it off If it's not serving you, turn it off, get rid of it, unfollow it. We're not into that. The way that I like to think about it is um, if ever I question, is this serving me? Is this this good for me? Is this good input? Is I bring it back to art class because art class was really formative for me. So I think back to my art class and I think, okay, so that person in, in art class that was really like egocentric and ego driven. Did I feel compelled to go over to them and to get creative and to engage with them and to buddy up and project with them. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not that person. You turn to the other people that are bright and smiley and that they're encouraging and that they're wanting to lift you up. They're wanting to listen to you. They want to soundboard with you, bounce ideas off of you. So I think whilst it might feel harsh and brutal, your input affects your output. So you need to make sure that the people closest to you, your network, your input on Instagram and social media is positive and uplifting. And if it's not, you really, you really need to get rid of it because it's not serving you. What's that doing for you? What if it's um, your clients, which that's happened before? Mm-hmm. What if it's your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad? Stop listening. Give it less weight. If it's your client, I suppose you do want to pay attention to your client. I'm not sure why they'd be naysaying you. You've got to have a little bit of a chat with them and maybe send them a nice little gift and some flowers or catch up and have a beer with them, whatever your thing is. But if it's someone important to you, like your partner, your husband, your mum, your dad, then it might be time for you to actually take a take a step back or take a stand and say, hey, you're not really serving me right now in a way that would be encouraging for me to be successful. And that's my goal. And I want you to support me in that goal. So can we change the language around how we interact or can you just not speak to me about it until you're ready to be encouraging to me? Do you think it's their fault, the partner or or the naysayer that's close to them that doesn't believe in them? Or do you think it's always your own fault, not setting expectations, not having those conversations, not setting, you know, all those type of things? I think it's actually within the other person. If someone can look at you and they're not giving you encouragement and not supporting you in your dreams for success, then that's on them, I think. 
And that's why I think it's okay to shut those people off because they're, they're not open to it. They're not ready yet. Send them off to therapy and then come back to me. Yep. That's cool. I definitely don't agree on that hundred percent. Like I believe that everything's my fault always. So like for myself, if, if my partner or my best friend, and mm-hmm. there's always times when they don't believe in something that I do, I know it's my own fault because I didn't set the expectations or how, what kind of feedback that I needed or yeah. how I needed to be nurtured at this time or if I needed feedback. And so I always, or how I treated them, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times I see this in relationships and they'll say like, my partner's not supporting me and stuff like that. And then I'm like, wait a second, have you actually supported your partner? Mm. And then I realized it's like more of a toxic relationship. And it's a, if they just blocked them out, you're kind of creating more problems opposed to actually addressing it and, um, and dealing with the situation. Oh, 100%. There needs to be a two-way street there. So I've made the assumption that there was a two-way street there. But absolutely, you do need to set those expectations with someone. And you do need to have that communication and talk with them and say, hey, like this is what I'm doing and I really do want your support and this is how you can do it. That comes back to your love languages as well, I think. You know, how do you have that input of love and support? Are you a words person? Are you a gifts person? Do you need more time from someone? So, yeah, absolutely, I agree with you there. So just going back to success right now, can we talk a little bit about how we can lean into feeling good about ourselves around success, like feeling good about like sharing our wins or feeling good about bringing people in without feeling guilty or felt, you know, trying to, a lot of the times, like I know for myself, especially I make people feel bad around me because while someone's like struggling with COVID or something, I'm like, oh, I know that you're struggling. I'm sorry, but I'm also skyrocketing. I'm, I'm doing something and I'm on a different path, you know? So then sometimes it's like, you know, that you're making people feel bad around you. So can we talk about like how we can sort of overcome and um, be more comfortable with ourselves being successful? I think success, when sharing your successes, I think it should be inspirational and encouraging. I think if you're putting something out there and you you are seeking celebration and wanting celebration of, of your success, I think that it should be less ego-driven and more driven by inspiring other people. It's something that I've seen in your business map in the group. We, you know, we stack those wins up and we celebrate them and we're there to celebrate and encourage each other. And I really have enjoyed watching how people flock to that. It's It doesn't happen in the big wide outside world, but within your business map, that does happen. It is people encouraging and inspiring with their successes. So I think if you're feeling like you feel guilty about celebrating your success, I think you need to look at it in a different way. I think you need to step back, step outside the box and and take a different view of it. Your success should be something that you celebrate for you and then use it to inspire and encourage other people to come on up join me up here. It's a good time. The rooms that we're in are amazing. I love that. I think one thing that people don't realize, especially in the creative entrepreneurial space, right, is we work so damn hard and Mm. there is so many setbacks. Like if Mm. someone thinks that like, oh, Jai, it's so easy for you all day long. It's like, man, if you've seen the rollercoaster that I'm on all the time, there's setbacks, there's things that go wrong, there's unhappy clients, there's, Mm. there's stuff all over the place. And then for me, I'm like, we always talk about what goes wrong and we always, without even realizing it, celebrate our failures because we concentrate, put so much effort into it and too much energy into it, to be honest. But then when it comes to our success, when it comes to hitting something, we feel like if we share that, maybe we're gloating or maybe it's my ego and maybe I don't want to look vain. Maybe I don't want to look egocentric, like all these things. And then we sort of 
basically try to, you know, fit in and not stand out. And we try to go under the radar, I guess, with, with our wins that we've worked so hard for. But are they other people's opinions of you or are they opinions of yourself? Well, that's what I'm asking. Like yeah. it's, um, so that's, that's why I think your opinion of yourself and what your success is, you should feel really proud of that. You should be proud of the failures. You should be proud of how hard you've worked, the endless nights that you've stayed up, you know, the, the hustle, you should be proud of that. And so when it comes to acknowledging and celebrating your wins out loud, if someone else is going to look at you and feel like you're bloating and da, 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 then yeah, okay. That's probably their opinion of you and you shouldn't really worry about that. So. Here's the funny thing. I've never had someone more successful in my life tell me that I shouldn't be sharing my wins, that I'm gloating, that I have an ego, that I shouldn't be talking about these things. I've never had a hater that's more successful than me. And the only times Mm -hmm. that people have tried to bring me down is someone that's insecure in themselves. They're not successful. They're not seeing their own success. They're not being fulfilled in that way. And Mm -hmm. so they compensate by trying to project something on me. And a lot of the times, we're in the wrong Facebook groups. We're in, you know, we're following the wrong people, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then that does rub off on us. But if you do take that one piece of advice and literally, if you go out and reach out to someone that's just more successful than mm-hmm. you, that's doing the things that you want in your life, you're going to see something totally different because people that don't have my success, they always say, Jai, you're doing too much. You should calm down. You should settle down. You should take a holiday. You should take a break. They tell me all this stuff. And I'm like, man, this is not for me. This is you saying it to yourself, Mm -hmm. right? But anyone that's more successful than me, they're like, keep going. You're just getting started. You can do more. Why not? Why aren't you pushing? Like you stayed up for, you worked for 11 hours today. Like you could do an extra two. Like you did a summit 10,000. Great. Do 20,000 next time. And they always, they always see the potential that you actually have and they love to sort of like drive and push people along. So that's just like one thing to think about. Like um, you really need to vet who you're getting your advice from or Mm -hmm. your feedback from. A hundred percent. And say yes. Say yes and get on the podcast with Jai Long. You're here now. (laughs) I am here now. But that's, (laughs) you know, that's what I mean about like pay attention to who you're paying attention to. If people aren't there encouraging you and lifting you up and high-fiving you, what are you doing in that room? Get out of that room. Go find a different room where people are going to high five you. They're going to light a fire under your ass. They're going to stick rocket boosters on the back of your feet and off you go. Let's sail away, baby. Let's go for it. I love that you talk about people that like are more successful than you, that you look up to, and they're always pushing you more and pushing you further. Whereas if you're looking the other way and looking down and people are literally just trying to tell you that you're not good enough, you're this, that, and the other, and that's where your imposter syndrome seeks in. And we don't want Absolutely. that. We, we want to avoid imposter syndrome. So that's why I think, yeah, waking up, nourishing yourself, honoring yourself and making sure that you know, your network and who you're surrounded by and the rooms you're in are places that are going to be lifting you up and pushing you even further. Jill, I've got to say like, um, over the years of just mentoring so many people, I would say most people feel like this as well. Like they, they listen to the wrong people and they don't have a supportive network. They don't have people that they can high five, get into a room, like you are just saying, where they can share their wins shamelessly, you know, unapologetically where they can be themselves. And it surprises me because I've, I've kind of had it my whole life and I've had it because it's been on purpose. I've always kind of curated who I hang out with, who I listen to. I was the kid at school when a teacher was giving me some advice. I'm like, yeah, but you're just a teacher. I'm doing things, you know, I'll be, I'll be like going past whatever it is. And so I've always thought about like who I get advice from. 
And I think there is so many people, unfortunately, like probably 90% of the people even listening to this podcast right now could feel like I don't have that support. Like I wish I had something like that. Get into new rooms, join the podcast, join the, the business map, find who inspires you, find who speaks to you, search different hashtags, you know, just get into new rooms, find, find different networks of people that are doing things that you admire and you look up to, you know, find the people that are doing what you feel like would be success for you. And if it fails, brilliant. You've collected more data. Then you know that that does work. This doesn't work. We love the data. That's why I love that you love failing because that means Mm. you're collecting data and I'm into data. Can I give you a secret? Always. What people don't realize is success always leaves clues, always leaves breadcrumbs everywhere. It really does. And so if you're in a room of people that are really struggling and nothing's going on, this is what they're going to teach you, right? They're going to teach you what didn't work. And Mm. this happens my whole life. People used to say this, oh, Jai, like, you know, I can tell you what doesn't work. Like don't write a book. It's too hard. It takes too much energy. It's too long. No one gets published anymore. No one reads books anymore. Like they'll tell you everything that doesn't work, right? But they won't tell you from experience of what works because they've only failed in not writing the book or not doing the thing. So if you get into a new room of people that have the success that you want, success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking to those people, when you're sitting out there having a coffee with someone that has the success that you want, there is always a clue right there and they're always willing to give something up. So Mm -hmm. it's one thing that we must remember is like, you need to find the quickest way to your success is find the people that have what you have, uh, what you want, what you aspire to have and get into that room or have that conversation or however it is, you need to find those people. Find that new perspective. Yeah. Find that, that, uh, the new facet to your gem or your diamond, as I like to think of it and let it shine brightly in that place. Yeah. I love that. I'm into it. There's so many things around, around this. And I think I've had quite a few people reach out to me lately saying like, Jai, can you do a podcast on anxiety? Can you do a Mm. podcast on imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and like things like Things like that. And I think this kind of does cover a lot of that because a lot of the times it's what I believe it's um, we're listening to the wrong people. And when you listen to the wrong people, and here's like a little example. I just did a coaching call for this amazing woman that's starting this new business. And we 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 were on it for an hour. And at the end of the hour, she told me what a 10-year goal was. And then I kind of convinced her that that 10-year goal can happen next year. And I started giving her a roadmap but she was so mind blown. And the thing is like, she was talking to people that said like, you could never do this. It would never work. And like, she was giving me all this feedback. And when I kind of unraveled what she actually wants to do, because I'm completely different to her, I've run different businesses, like, you know, I've done these type of things. And so I blew her mind just on the fact that I was telling her that it is all possible. And sometimes that's all you need to build your confidence or to get rid of that imposter syndrome and stuff like that. Sometimes you just need someone to tell you, Hey man, this, that can happen. We can do that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It can happen for you just because it didn't happen for them. Guess what? They're not you. You are the secret special source. You can do it. A hundred percent think that that's one of the keys here. Just because it didn't work for them. Jai, I want to see your book next Christmas. If someone's told me, oh, good. I was going to say, if someone's told you that you should write a book and told you that you can't write a book, it's too hard. I expect to see your book very soon because you're you and I wouldn't expect anything less. But that's the secret I think for other people is that, you know, you, you are the special source, right? If you set your mind to something and you don't quit, you will get there. Do you believe if you don't quit, you can't fail? 
no, well, I think you still fail along the way. You definitely, <laughs> like, you have to still fail along the way. You're going to fail and you have to fail. You've got to put yourself out there and fuck off and make mistakes. That's how you're going to learn which direction to go next. That's where your data collection is coming from. How do you know when you fail? How do I know when I fail? I feel it. Well, how, how, <laughs> how do people know that they've just failed? I think it's a feeling. I think it's a feeling for me. It didn't go to plan. If something doesn't go to plan, if you didn't get the desired outcome, and if you feel it, for me, once I feel it in my body, it becomes out of my brain, which is the logical business brain. I feel it inside my body in a different place. And I go, ooh, no, hang on a minute. We failed there. That's the part that drives for me. That's where we shift gears and go, right, let's look back, look at the data. What can we learn? And then let's shoot for the moon. So then what happens after failure? We learn, collect the data, assess the data, and then make it better. And then what happens after that? Shoot even higher. (laughs) Shoot for the next universe. And then what happens? Hopefully I'll be retiring at 78, very happy. (laughs) And will you remember that failure that you had? No. No, because there's many of them. I fail daily, weekly. I'm sure there are failures all the time. And like you've said, that's okay. Well, with that logic, if life is a continuum, Mm. then is there actually a failure then? Because you said that it goes into, it was a lesson and Mm. then I moved on. So Mm. how did you actually fail? Maybe, maybe we don't fail. Maybe we're unpacking that failure is the, is the word we need to, you know, change the the rhetoric for. Failure can be something that is just a speed bump. I, I, I don't call them failures. I call them speed bumps. Um, cause failure is one of those dirty words like success. Failure is not a dirty word to me. It's just a speed bump. It's a learning curve. It's an opportunity for growth. You know, the forests have to burn to the ground in order for them to regenerate and regrow. So, you know, let it burn sometimes set back, take a deep breath and then double down, work harder. Let's go. I think it's so interesting talking to everyone about this so differently because everybody Mm. like right now, they're so scared of failure. Right. And when Mm. I ask them what's failure, because, and for myself, like I've actually never failed because I'm still here. It doesn't matter what's happened. I'm still here. I've learned all the things and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not dead. Yeah. Yeah. Life still goes on. There's more things that's going to happen. It's a continuum. And so failure is an event and we think it's the end of everything. It's like, Mm. Oh man, I just did a thing. Like I went to do an Instagram post and all of a sudden I got no work and now I've failed. But then you wake up tomorrow and what happens? Well, you can just do another Instagram post, right? And so I believe if you don't give up, if you don't quit, mm-hmm. you can't fail. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible because if life is a continuum, mm-hmm. unless like the last decision when you're like 87 years old uh-huh. and you're like, oh man, this might be my last thing that I can yep. do, maybe then. But I do believe that if you continue on, you lo- use those lessons and you can pivot and you can change, you can adapt and you still have energy, you still have those resources, then mm-hmm. I can't see how you would stop. Yeah, that's right. Evolve has been my favorite word <laughs> for <see> years, <laughs> right? So 14 years is a really long time to photograph weddings and it's a really long time to, to be in business. And the secret has been to just evolve. Every time something has come up that's felt like a failure in inverted commas or I haven't done the best or someone was doing it better or I could have done it better, it's just made me evolve further. It's a speed bump. Let's go. So, Jill, would you say that you've failed lots of times in your business? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Countless. So would you say that you're successful right now? Yeah, absolutely. So why do we get so scared of failure when it's such a 
small thing in in the roadmap, really. Like, you know, if you look back right now, you're not thinking, oh man, I just failed so many times. You're thinking, mm. oh man, I didn't give up. And mm. there was some hard times. I had to go low and then I got high and, you know, we went and everywhere in between. But it's so interesting that we hold ourselves back from success because we weigh up and we don't want to fail. We don't want to quit our job. We don't want to do mm. all these things because we think that failure is worse than death, basically. Who are you worried about failing? Who's telling you you're failing? You know, I'm not failing. <laughs> but, but for other people, you know, who's telling you that that you're failing? Who's telling you that it's a bad thing? You know, and if someone's telling you that it's a bad thing, you need to switch that off. Turn them on mute, and see your success as a place for evolution. See it as a place of data collection. What did I do wrong? What can I do better? You know, I think I think failure is such a big, heavy, dirty word that we we're not paying attention to the opportunity that's actually in front of us. If we failed, there's such an opportunity there. You're, you've got the slingshot loaded and ready, bang, you know, like let it go and just shoot for the moon with what you've learned. Yeah. And I think like, well, too many people are saying it to themselves. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And oh. you know, this, they go like, I don't want to quit my job because I don't mm-hmm. want to fail. I yeah. don't want to go all in. I don't want to fail. I don't want to contact Jai and get on his podcast because I don't want to fail. Like, and so yeah. it's always just like this little thing that stops them. And, and then mm-hmm. when they tell me that, I'm like, well, what are you even talking about? Like, if you contacted me and I didn't even get back to you, contact me tomorrow. You didn't do that. Like, come yeah. around, buy me a coffee. But how come that didn't happen? You failed because you quit. You didn't fail because... Like really, you failed because you underestimated how much work you had to actually do Mm -hmm. to get those unrealistic goals to happen. Mm -hmm. That's what Mm -hmm. you failed to do. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. So uh, like a big learning point for me in the past couple of years was I jumped out of an airplane and my brain was telling me, you're going to die, you're going to die, and as well as you're going to wet yourself, vomit, and all the rest of it. But when I got to the edge of the plane, I said to myself in my head, just surrender to the fear just surrender. You know, the probable outcome is going to be that you're going to land and it's all going to be good. So just surrender was what I said to myself on the edge of this plane. And my entire brain was rewired with my relationship with fear in that two and a half minutes of free fall and and coming into land. Because what I was afraid of was now something that I'm addicted to. And I love. I was going to say, are you scared to do it again? No, I've jumped, um, I think I'm up to five now. <laughs> so you were scared the first time uh-huh. and then after that you realised there wasn't really anything to be scared of and then you did it again. And I it loved again. it and did it again and did it again. You lean into the fear, get used to being uncomfortable. Discomfort is like nerves turning into excitement. Discomfort should be something that you lean into. It's going somewhere. That's somewhere you want to be. On the other side of discomfort is going to be success. So interesting because so many people don't want to do the first jump because they don't realize how alive they feel after they conquer their fear. And you see these on these crazy TV shows, like in Australia, we had this TV show called The Biggest Loser. And with The Biggest Loser, it was like crazy amounts of stuff that people had to do to lose a lot of weight. But along the way, they'll get them to do challenges, which was the exact thing that they were most scared of, which mm-hmm. is usually jumping or it could be spiders. It could spiders. be whatever it is. <laughs> I was going to say the spiders always come up. <laughs> Yeah. And, but what happens is like, and I've noticed this, like when I used to watch those shows, I would notice because I was so fascinated by it was every single time that someone conquered that fear, overcome the fear by doing it, they would feel so alive. Mm. And then they'll come out the other side. And I was like, man, that's what it feels like to be alive. Not because it's not alive to be on the other side where you're just scared and you don't take the leap. But when you take the leap, 
then you conquer it and you realize the fear was just a fear and it was made up. There's, there's actually nothing that's hurting you right now. Then it's like a newfound energy. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. That makes sense to me. I've suffered from anxiety disorders for like 20 years. And so imposter syndrome is something that is, um, well, you got to make it your best friend. Um, so I can say to imposter syndrome, fuck off, you're not welcome here. I love you <laughs> and you're a part of my existence, but no, thank you. I 100% agree with that. Whatever you're afraid of, run at it. They're right. The people that have said that, they're 100% right. If you're scared to get into a new room, if you're scared to swim with sharks, if you're scared to jump out of an airplane, go and do it. That's my advice. I love that. Hey, I just want to finish this up with one last little thing and then I'm going to get you to share some last stuff as well. Just to my listeners out there, here's the thing, and I've been saying this for years and years and years, too many of us, we put in too much energy, too much attention, too much time into failure. And the way that we do that is instead of working out the way for success, what we do is we create backup plans. And we always say stuff like, well, if it doesn't work out, we can go back to our last job. If it doesn't work out, at least I've got a degree. If it doesn't work out, at least I could do whatever it is, right? And when we plan to fail, guess what happens? You fail because whatever we plan and bring into the world is exactly where your attention's going and wherever your attention goes and your energy goes, like everything else flows, right? So I just want you to remember out there. And that's why I'm a big believer in not having backup plans. When someone ever asks me, what's your backup plan? I'm like, man, I'm going plan one, Mm -hmm. plan A. And if that doesn't work, I'm pivoting, changing, adapting, molding, you know, doing whatever I have to do, learning a new thing, getting into a new room, reading a new book, you know, whatever I have to do, and then I'll make a plan B. And that's going to be the new plan A, right? <laughs> and so like, I think too many of us, we um we put too much emphasis in that whole backup plan, like create a big runway, make sure you've got lots of money in your bank account, make sure you've got that degree first, make sure you've got like at least six months book before you can even quit because you don't, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's all good and everything if you want to fail because you're putting your attention in a family. But I'm telling you, man, if you want to go all in, you want that success that other people don't have, you got to do the things that they won't do. And that's where it is. You put your plan into plan A. Have you got some stuff you want to share with us just to finish off and share with our listeners around success and any wisdom that you've got to share from the last 14 years of your ups and downs? Say yes. A hundred percent say yes. Say yes to skydiving. Say yes to get in the new rooms. Say yes to the things that make you uncomfortable. Just say yes. Try something different. You know, if you're feeling stagnant and if you're not sure or all of those things, just try a different answer. You know, say yes sometimes. Say yes all the time, even better. And don't give up. You know, the seas are going to ebb and flow. In 14 years, there's a lot of professional and personal ups and downs. And you just have to never give up. Wake up every morning, honor yourself, honor your body, know what your goal is, know your plan A and shoot for it. Make it happen. Double down, work harder and just go for it. Love that. And where can my listeners find you on social media to jump into your DMs and say thank you? I would absolutely love everyone to jump into my DMs. I'm so looking forward to connecting with lots of people. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Jewel Chenoweth Photography or jewelchenoweth.com. That's J-E-W-E-L-C-H-E-N-O-W-E-T-H, which I'm sure Jai will put in his podcast uh, info for me. But yeah, always welcoming, coming over, say hi. I'm always looking to connect with people. So tell me your successes. Tell me you jumped out of an airplane. I want to know what your successes are. What are you saying yes to? 
And what are you afraid of? Do it. Do it. Thank you so much, Jewel. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're on the podcast today. And yeah, I'll see you inside the business map and we can chat then. And thank you for being on the show. Talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thanks, Jai. See you soon.